Okay, hello everyone. Today we are going to talk about virtual dressing rooms and in particular <clears throat> fashion retail, retail more generally and the metaverse. And to help me untangle this topic, I'm joined today by Stefan Hauswiesner, who is the CEO and co-founder of Reactive Reality. Welcome, Stefan. Mm, hey, nice to meet you. Lovely to meet you. So what we're seeing at the moment is that companies like Amazon and Burberry are using technology like virtual reality, augmented reality to help us try on clothes in the virtual world. So maybe we can start by what you see the role of mixed reality, so augmented and virtual reality. Will this be the future of retail and in particular fashion retail? Well, mixed reality is also one of the biggest problems of online shopping uh, that we all know. Um, it is the ability to try on and try out products uh, before we buy them. And uh, this is right now, um, yeah, uh, solving a real, really big problem for the fashion industry um, as they have very high return rates and low engagement and low retention rates. And uh, mixed reality technologies such as virtual fashion try on uh, solves this by enabling um, online shoppers to try outfits before they buy them, um, get accurate size recommendations. Um, definitely sizing is one of the one of the big issues that that need improvement and really have some fun along the way. Uh, so one big learning was that uh, mixing and matching outfits, seeing them on your own body, uh, taking your avatar into you know all kinds of virtual scenes, uh, seeing how an outfit looks on the beach before you actually buy it, for example. Mm -hmm. This is uh, something that people really have a lot of fun with. I completely love this idea because normally what happens is you either have a look online and you see it on someone else that might not look like you in the slightest, or you go into a brick and mortar store and you try it on in a dressing room where you can't really see if you're drying on, let's say, um, a black tie outfit. You want to see what this might look like in a party setting. And as you say, if you want to try out beach wear, you might want to see what, what it looks like actually on the beach. So in the metaverse, in this virtual world, what we can do is we can then try those out and put ourselves into those different environments. So how do we then create this avatar? Because I guess the two really big components of this is that we need to get our avatar right in terms of our sizes and our likelihood and we need to get the sizing of the clothes right as well because in order to try them on properly you need to have the cut profile and the measurements of all the garments you're trying on so what are some of the challenges and how do you overcome them and where are we in this journey at the moment mm, well there's a lot to expand on here yeah uh, so as you mentioned the two big components are the the digital representation of the products and of the people uh, let's start with people and their avatars. Um, so here uh, we're in the market for eight years by now and have done um, uh, research, you know, um, uh, academic research before for a couple of years. So we have observed the market for a long time and have developed multiple uh, uh, digitization methods for people along the way. Uh, so we have started with, you know, stationary scanners that would create your 3D likelihood. Um, of course, figuring out that this is something that doesn't scale very well. Um, also, people feel uncomfortable standing in front of, you know, industrial cameras and that <laughs> sense. Um, so we've, we moved on to mobile and, and created mobile 3D scanning where you would walk around a person and, and everything is done for you. You know, all the camera settings and the triggering. 
Um, and this creates very good 3D avatars, but again, um, it needs to be convenient. Uh, so what we learned over the years is that, especially in a retail setting, everything needs to be frictionless, it needs to work really quick. Um, so right now we have an avatar creation method uh, that we think and uh, we see in the market uh, that fulfills these needs. Um, you can create an avatar from a couple of body measurements uh, within a couple of minutes. You can scan your head um, and your face and your hair and the algorithms uh, figure out your skin tone and, and really create a, a perfect virtual body of yourself that you can dress indefinitely. Um, so we're a big advocate of having um, discrete avatars, equipping online shoppers with their avatars, as opposed to uh, real-time augmentation. Um, so we see right now Amazon, for example, uh, is big in real-time augmentation, where you point your phone at um, your feet, for example, and you see uh, shoes um, superimposed on your feet, um, which is nice for shoes, but it kind of doesn't work for full-body outfits, because how would you point your camera um, onto your entire body in a convenient way? Um, so we're a big advocate of creating um, avatars. Uh, what we have also learned is that um, online shoppers have different needs, right? So uh, some of them may just be shopping for uh, something that fits very well, and they may have privacy concerns. Uh, so we offer avatar options that have your body shape, but not necessarily your appearance. Mm -hmm. um, but we do offer photorealistic avatars as well. Um, and we want to give the, the consumer the choice, really, of, of what they want to have. Um, so imagine shopping for swimwear, for example. Many people would choose an avatar that uh, that helps them make the, the right choice, but doesn't necessarily look photorealistic, right? Um, but in a styling application where you, you know, you want to uh, test drive your, your uh, party outfit, uh, definitely you want to see your photorealistic avatar and you want to see yourself immersed in a, in a club scene, for example, to really see how that works. Um, so there's just so many use cases. And um, that is why we offer multiple um, avatar creation options to, uh, to consumers. Um, Very good. <laughs> yeah, I really like the prospect of all of this. How do you get the product right, though? Mm, uh, this is where we have a big advantage over everybody else in the market, really. So I'm proud to say that uh, we have worked over the years with multiple fashion brands and retailers, and they have a very different um, set of data that is available to them. Uh, so most fashion retailers do not get CAD models of the products uh, because those are trade secrets of, um, of the fashion brands. Uh, so they need extremely scalable 3D scanning or even 2D scanning of garments um, to bring them in. Uh, we are working with customers um, that have over a million SKUs, um, so it needs to be really quick and cheap for each of them. Um, fashion is still a very fast business. Um, sometimes products are on stock for only two weeks or so, um, so any such method needs to be extremely scalable. So we have custom-built 3D scanners that we offer to our customers um, that do the scanning. Um, conversely, uh, for fashion brands uh, who do have um, uh, CAD models, uh, we offer to import those CAD models into our system as well. Uh, CAD models are, of course, 3D representations of the product. So you might think, well, I can already do a virtual try-on with them. Um, but that's not how it really works, uh, because CAD models are built for manufacturing. Um, they are much too detailed for real-time applications. Um, so we have technology that takes in those CAD models and uh, reduces their complexity while maintaining the visual appearance um, and thus prepare them for all kinds of mixed reality applications. And all of these data streams, and those are big data streams, right? Millions of users, millions of products. Um, come into our system and create this uh, this virtual dressing room, uh, which which lives from you know the choice that you get in and you can mix and match indefinitely. You know you can try on hundreds of different genes very efficiently just to see which one is perfect. 
let's look at the the two major technologies then we've got augmented reality and virtual reality and maybe we can tick them off one by one and start with augmented reality how do you see the application of augmented reality and do you have some examples of how companies are already using it you talked about amazon as an example to virtually try on shoes which is an example mm -hmm. of the shoes getting overlaid onto your image on your phone mm -hmm. do you have any other examples and also on the importance of augmented reality because people are talking about augmented reality potentially being more important in the short term than virtual reality because we really need to have headsets for virtual reality whereas augmented reality everyone has a smartphone they can start using this technology mm. i use both and i enjoy both very much uh, they have different use cases for sure mm. uh, so the, the classical use case for augmented reality is to see something in your room uh, so this is where for example furniture shopping uh, benefits from uh, immensely uh, you can fit a couch uh, into your into your living room and you can see how it how it looks and if it actually fits um, so ikea is doing this for a while uh, amazon is doing this for a while uh, so this is getting established in the market uh, i would think and um, definitely adds a lot of value um, in the fashion domain augmented reality is also really interesting uh, not only uh, for augmenting body parts where you point your camera to uh, what we've created for example is that we take our 3d avatars and place them in your living room or in your space wherever you like them um, and you're able to walk around your own avatar and dress it interactively. Um, this is extremely impressive. So, and, and when we created this, we realized maybe in, in you know, 10, 15 years from now, when, when the young, young people, you know, teenagers think of a mirror, they might not think of a slab of glass and metal that is attached to your wall. They might think of an app on their phones or on their smart glasses. And they just conjure this, you, you know, their, their image and, and project it into their room and walk around it. It's a 3D mirror of yourself, really. Super. This is super exciting, especially when you think that in the future, the interface to the digital world might not be our phones, but maybe glasses. Yeah. We mm -hmm. look at what Samsung and Apple are, are working on at the moment and HTC. So, yeah, this is exciting. So you can just stick your glasses on and walk around your own avatar, seeing what clothes look like on your avatar, on yourself. Mm -hmm. We've conducted a project with Microsoft uh, to this end, and uh, we created a couple of these, uh, we called them digital human stylists, and they would be your avatar, they look like yourself, uh, and they would respond with your voice uh, to your voice input. So you could speak to your mirror image, really, and tell your mirror image to, to, you know, to dress differently. So you can tell your mirror image, you know, I like these pants, but maybe try a different sweater. And uh, that digital human stylist would actually look into your calendar, would know where you're going today, would know the weather forecast, uh, and would make relevant outfit uh, propositions and show them in real time on your own body. Yeah, fascinating. One of my favorite examples is how Bolly, the French glasses company, is using it. So they have the Try On app that allows you to try on glasses, a bit like a Snapchat filter mm -hmm. in augmented reality. But what I love is that they've also used artificial intelligence to give you the idea to try them out. So they apply a filter to your front camera so you can then see what the world looks like when you look through those glasses, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's neat, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> So moving then to virtual reality, where do you see this going and what opportunities do you see there? And do you have some examples? Mm. I mean, virtual reality, as everybody knows, is big in entertainment. Uh, so all kinds of games uh, immensely benefit from, from, first of all, the display. Uh, but for those who haven't tried, um, the display is just one component. I think the really big component in VR is that you have your hands free 
and you can interact with the real world uh, with your two hands. So you have many more degrees of freedom as you would have with a computer mouse, for example. Uh, and this changes really how you interact with virtual worlds. Um, and uh, I think in the long term, this these two will actually uh, just converge. Um, because if you look at uh, VR glasses now, uh, for example, Oculus uh, slash Meta, um, they are adding uh, mixed reality features such as uh, video pass through. Um, so in the end, um, it will be just a choice. Like you will have smart glasses and you will just decide, do I want to see the real world um, or not? Um, and um, there may be applications that work in both scenarios very well. Very good. Do you have any examples of companies that are already using virtual reality to help you try on clothes and in retail more generally? Um, so on VR glasses, I think this will, used to be actually bigger than now. Um, first, uh, industry companies like BMW and others uh, used VR for all kinds of maintenance and training of staff and things like that. Um, in the fashion world, um, VR glasses, I think at the moment, are not as, as attractive because you need, obviously, you need the hardware, you need to wear them. Um, so here, uh, I think the direction is more uh, towards the metaverse, um, which, is, which encompasses VR. Um, but does not necessarily require you to wear glasses. Uh, obviously, you can access the metaverse with all, all consumer devices, really. Um, and here, of course, uh, uh, the fashion industry is big. And um, this is, and, and very rightfully so, um, because if we fast forward 10 years from now and we all, we work in the metaverse, uh, we meet in the metaverse, we play on the metaverse, we all do all these things and we will need um, our own avatar. We will need, uh, a representation of ourselves there. Um, and fashion companies are in a very unique position that they know their customers so well, that they know their body shapes, they know their appearance because they know which products they're buying. Uh, so they are able to equip a large crowd of people with personalized and high quality avatars. Um, and fashion companies are starting to realize this and, and trans translating into even digital fashion where no physical product is being sold. Yeah, and this would have been my next question. I think for fashion retailers it's really interesting the initial use case is that you have a digital try-on of products that you want to ship to yourself and wear in the real world but the more time we spend in the digital world as avatars the more we want to wear those things as digital only products so how important do you think this will become in the future i think this will be huge um, imagine a, a metaverse where there's millions tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people, um, they will want to differentiate. And currently metaverse applications allow you to pick from say 20 different avatars. And if you're lucky, you can change the color of your shirt. <laughs> it's not gonna cut it for, for millions of people, right? People want to differentiate. Um, they want to express their personalities. And that is exactly what fashion does. Uh, by, I mean, these days we don't buy fashion to stay warm, um, I mean, maybe sometimes, but usually not. <laughs> usually we buy it to look different than, mm -hmm. than uh, you know, other people um, to project status um, and things like that. And that is where fashion in the digital world can fulfill the, the exact same uh, needs. And uh, fashion companies are starting to realize and, and start to, to do that migration, basically. Um, I think those NFT type of, of projects are nice, they're first steps. Uh, but in the long run, it's really creating digital fashion for, for everybody online. 
Yeah, <clears throat> and the beauty of of being in the metaverse is that you can be anything you want to be, and you can wear anything. So, do you have any examples of maybe companies that are working in this space that are doing some cool things? And where do you see the future of, of all of this going? Because in the real world, there's some limitations of what you can wear and what is practical. But in the metaverse, all of these boundaries disappear, right? <clears throat> That's right. Uh, you can you can wear anything you like, really. And uh, I mean, definitely, uh, companies like Nike and Gucci and, and Burberry they're starting um, in that in that field. Uh, Nike, as you know, <laughs> um, is uh, is very big there. Um, but still, those are only first steps. Uh, we we always believe, and when it comes to fashion, there needs to be scalability. Um, so this is where we see also our contribution. Uh, we 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 believe this only really takes off if there's a lot of choice. Uh, if we think of the, the of real world retail these days, I mean, there's there's hundreds of thousands of brands and retailers and billions of products to choose from, um, because ultimately these products need to cater to everybody on the planet. Um, and on the metaverse, uh, the bigger it gets, the more it will need uh, extremely scalable content uh, generation and content creation methods. Uh, and the fashion industry in particular will need that because it is very fast paced in the real world it will probably be even more fast-paced in the digital world. What role do you see for artificial intelligence and combining this with the mixed reality that we've just talked about? AI is behind pretty much everything here. Uh, so maybe maybe invisible to the consumer, but AI drives like all of this, uh, the creation of avatars, um, how they move, how they look, how they render on your display is driven by AI. Um, how products are ingested into the system, how, for example, product photos are transformed into 3D digital assets that would fit onto your body. All of this is driven by AI. Um, outfit recommendations, uh, things like that are driven by AI. Um, so I think AI is not necessarily visible, but it is uh, just driving the entire experience behind the scenes. Very good. And what do you think this this all means for brick and mortar stores? When we now have these amazing experiences, I guess traditional dressing rooms can't actually compete with the digital experience where we can put ourselves anywhere and we can properly test drive our clothes. Absolutely. Virtual dressing rooms first started to just replicate what a real dressing room does, but by now have exceeded them in some aspects. Um, but of course, fall short in other aspects. So you cannot touch and feel the product. Um, you cannot smell it. Like all of these senses, uh, as of now, are not captured by uh, by metaverse applications. Um, maybe one day they will. Um, but I think until then, uh, brick and mortar stores are still in a, in a very good spot, right? I mean, you, you have access to the product right away. You can try it. You can touch it. Um, so definitely... Uh, they, they will have a role and they will specialize uh, in that role, which is creating an experience out of the shopping, uh, mm -hmm. a real world experience. Um, and there will be digital and real world experiences alongside. Um, so what, what, what role of technology do you see in, in brick and mortar stores? So what we are offering and what we, what we are seeing in the market are smart displays, of course, uh, that would, um, would, be, would allow you access to the entire inventory of the retailer. So this is what Amazon is doing with their style store. Uh, you have a, a display in your dressing room and you have you, you have access to to all of amazon's uh, um, product portfolio and that's that's extremely powerful it brings the the power of online shopping into the store uh, just like the store brought through virtual try on um, the the experience online right so these are cross these two channels are cross pollinating each other um, and uh, even in a store virtual try on uh, we believe will play a big role 
because it allows you to try on items that are not on stock. Um, and especially in premium locations uh, where space comes uh, at a high price, uh, virtual try on, virtual uh, magic mirrors really um, will be there to allow access and to try on of products that are not on stock and that you would get shipped to your home um, after leaving the store. Very good. So what's your view on the impact on people and jobs? So all of this technology is augmenting and changing the job people do. So what we can now do in the digital world is we can try on things, but they can also recommend clothes to us, which has implications for shop assistants, jobs in the future. And I guess AI also has a role to play in helping us to design new fashion and new garments. So there's even the creative element is now partly passed on to machines. What's your overall view of the impact of this sort of technology? I think the creative element in particular will be extremely hard to replicate by AI. Um, as of now, AI is can be trained. Um, it can see patterns. It can follow rules. Um, but creating something entirely new is not really what it's what it's designed for and what it's capable of as of now. So I believe uh, there will be more opportunity for creative people because they can create fashion, for example, without having to worry about manufacturing, shipment, logistics, um, inventory, and these types of things. So you can create purely already, you know, on in Decentraland, in Roblox, you can create digital assets and sell them. So I think that is a huge opportunity for people uh, all around the world. Uh, you don't need to live in a very expensive city and know people to get a job. Uh, you know, you can be creative all by yourself. Uh, so I think there's lots of potential. Um, also for the environment, uh, the fashion industry, um, as we know, is a big polluter. Uh, it's, you know, the returns, the shipments, the CO2, uh, the waste that ends up in the landfill, uh, during design, there's prototypes that are being created and thrown away the minute they're photographed. Um, so this is a, an entirely unsustainable industry. And digitally, it can be sustainable and uh, even accelerate. Very good. I completely agree. And like you said, for me, this is an opportunity to actually emphasize our truly human skills where we excel at and creativity is one of those skills i've just finished writing a new book on the 20 most important skills and the vast majority of them are human skills like creativity and team working and complex decision making and things that machines can't really do yet it's really good to hear about the environmental impact as well i think especially the the digital prototyping the trying on reducing stock levels, reducing returns, all of this has a real impact on sustainability, which is a big challenge for the industry. So how you as a company, how do you help if there was a fashion retailer or a fashion brand wanting to explore this technology, how can they work with you to how do you help them? So we we're in the unique situation that we offer an end to end solution. So we help retailers digitize their assets. Um, we of course, do the virtual try-on uh, and the virtual fitting and the size recommendation technology um, and even offer uh, what is called a software development kit um, to be integrated into our customers' website and apps. Um, so we offer end-to-end -end basically the entire value chain, uh, which is extremely important because uh, as of now, 3D technology um, cannot be mixed and matched as easily as fashion. Uh, so definitely there's, um, there's a big value in that. 
Uh, and as such, uh, we work with brands and retailers and they come to us uh, to capture their products. We advise them on different avatar generation methods, which might fit their use cases um, and give them the tools, uh, which our product is called PictoFit, and they integrate that into their website um, or app or even in-store devices. Um, all of this is driven by the same data flow, by the same products and, and avatars that come into the system. Uh, and we offer the end user experience, uh, allowing mixing and matching outfits, layering, tucking in and tucking out shirts, uh, you know, layering a jacket on top, taking your avatar outside, uh, all of this functionality, which makes uh, a virtual dressing room really fun and powerful. Hmm. And looking ahead into the future, then, if you think about some of the stuff we just talked about, the metaverse, AI, what are your predictions or hopes for the future of the retail space and the fashion retail space in particular? Mm. We think and we hope that uh, fashion brands and retailers realize uh, the, the situation that they're in, uh, this unique situation of, of being able to accelerate uh, you know, a trend, the trend towards the metaverse, um, being able to, to equip everybody with their avatars, with their fashion, um, and ultimately transforming this entire industry into uh, something that is much more sustainable, um, that allows for more creativity online. And that is something that we use every day. So as a technology creator, we, we always appreciate and, and like when technology is being used and not just used uh, you know, once, once in a while, but rather every day. And uh, these mixed reality applications have the potential of being something that we use um, every day, all the time. And we're really excited about that. Very good. And what potential do you see for Web3 and blockchain technology to come into this equation as well when you talk about <clears throat> fashion? That's a super important uh, infrastructure topic, if you will. Um, much of the fashion industry lives from exclusivity, uh, especially luxury brands uh, basically have a very positive image because you know not, not everybody can afford it. Uh, it's a statement. It's something that where people spend money very deliberately and they want to have this exclusivity protected. Um, and Web3 and NFT technology allows that, right? It allows a, a digital certificate of ownership um, there can be a certain number of, say, Gucci bags uh, that cannot be increased later on, right? So there's only uh, only this number, and every single one has has an owner. And on the metaverse, NFTs can potentially protect these assets from being copied. Um, I think as of now, the technology doesn't quite do that. Um, it's only the the license of ownership, but the underlying asset can be copied. Um, but in the future, when everything lives on the metaverse platform. And if these can really be there to, to protect and encrypt your digital assets and uh, only when you wear them, they're unencrypted. And once you log off, they're encrypted again. Um, in this way, luxury brands can really ensure exclusivity and uh, luxury product owners um, as well, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> that was super fascinating. So if anyone wants to learn more, where do they go to find out a bit more about what you do as a company? Uh, www.reactivereality.com uh, and uh, definitely feel free out to reach out to me uh, also over LinkedIn and I'm very happy and enthusiastic to speak about these transitions uh, as, they, as they're really fun and exciting and have a lot of potential. No, I completely agree. This has been super, super interesting, super fun. So many transformative technologies that are completely changing the retail space and the fashion retail space in particular. So this is a space that we all need to watch very closely. And thank you for sharing your thought on this today. Absolutely. I enjoyed it.
very good anyone who ever wants to re-watch any of these have a look at my youtube channel where you can find this one and hundreds of other super interesting conversations and make sure you connect on social media thank you very much